She's from Australia, yeah, and uh, she went to Hillsong Bible College. I'm trying to do it in my Australian accent. It's not working. She went to Hillsong Bible College and, uh, and graduated from there. And in the last 20 years, she's been part of three large churches and doing some amazing things, working with youth, working with women, working um, graphics and all sorts of stuff. She's kind of like uh, amazing at like everything. So uh, she's going to bring the word with us for us this morning, and I'm excited to hear her again. And if you would, please welcome Cass. Thank you, uh, Pastor Brian, for the invitation to be here today. I'm excited to, uh, Reverend, Reverend. Reverend, I'm sorry, Reverend, excited to uh, be here this morning. Actually, I am really excited to be here this morning. I've been um, praying all week. Brian asked me to speak last week, and uh, I really believe that as we um, have these next few minutes together this morning, that God can do something. He can change our lives in an instant. Uh, he's a good God, and He's with us, and so my prayer today is that as we go through these words and... Uh, that he would speak to us and that he'd reveal anything in our lives that he's wanting to deal with and that he would show us how much he loves us. Amen. All right. Well, we've been talking about faith. We've been doing this series called Active Faith and we've been looking in the book of James. And so faith is one of my favorite topics. And here are some things that we know about faith. We know that faith is essential for every believer. It's part of the Christian's life to have faith. We know that we live by faith. We know that without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. We know that we're saved by grace through faith. And we know that we uh, get faith by hearing the word of God. Faith also involves action. So we often will need to believe in faith for something to happen. We need to act in faith at times to be obedient to God and to do what he says and uh, choose to believe that something's going to work out the way uh, uh, he, he wants it to. We also know that, and the book of James talks about this, that faith produces good works or it motivates us to do things. So faith involves a kind of action. We also know that faith is confident trust. The word faith is literally translated trust in the New Testament. So faith is a confident trust in God. We trust that God is in control. We trust that he is good and that he loves us in spite of what any of our circumstances might say, in spite of whether we get the answers to our prayers that we wanted or not. God is still good. I love what Hebrews 11 verse 1 says in the Passion Translation. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Faith isn't the same thing as taking a risk. A risk is led by desire and faith is led by the Lord. Faith isn't regrettable, but risk can be. A risk is doing something that you don't know how it's going to turn out. You have no guarantees of that. Brian took a big risk asking me out on a second date. After on our first date, he smacked me over the head with his surfboard, nearly killing me. Because who knows, I probably wasn't going to say yes to a second date. I don't know how, maybe it was faith that I did say yes, and here's the story now. We're here and, and everything has gone along, but that was a risk asking me out. But faith is not a risk. Um, faith is a confidence, and faith grows. We know that our faith grows. When we become a believer, we're given a measure of faith from God, and as we walk along in our lives, our, along the Christian walk, we know that God uh, grows faith within us, and our faith gets uh, bigger and bigger the longer we walk with God. Yeah. 
We also know that our faith is tested. We even heard this in the book of James recently. To consider it joy when we face trials because the testing of our faith produces perseverance. 1 Peter 1.7 says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So we know that our faith is tested so that it can be strengthened. My parents flew in from Australia on Friday morning, and uh, they're here for about a month. And I'm often asked, you know, when do I go back home to, to visit my family? There I have two older brothers an extended family there. And so the answer to that is, you know, every few years, we haven't been for a few years, but we, we're actually going to be going uh, after Christmas this year, which we're really excited about. I'm personally looking forward to the 10-hour flight with three kids under five. <laughs> I'm, you know, getting excited for that part of it. Uh, but <laughs> we go every few years, and whenever we go, we always try and make sure that Brian gets to see the kangaroos. So there's a park that's close to... I mean, kangaroos are every, pretty much... Every, well... Not everywhere, but they're in a lot of places in Australia, obviously. And so we always make sure that we go to this park. It has kangaroos and koalas, and, and I enjoy it, and I just love to see how excited Brian gets. And he bends down and pats them and talks to them and you know, whispers to them, and I don't know what he does, but uh, he loves to do that. <clears throat> so it's true. A few years ago, we were at a, a park, this park, and we were kind of looking at all the different animals, and we came along to an area where there was like a, a fence, kind of like a barrier, and we couldn't go through it. We couldn't see what was behind it. We weren't allowed to go past it. It was holding us back. We weren't really able to sort of see what was ahead. And so this should come as no surprise to anybody here, but Brian decides that he's going to jump over the barrier because he wants to know what's on the other side of it. <laughs> At which point, the park ranger immediately reprimands him. And of course, he, like any good American would do, he says, it's OK, I'm an American. I don't, I'm not really sure why you said that, but... Uh. And I, like any good wife, start to slowly back away, and I just pretend I don't even know this guy, because that's... I did not bring him to this country, it's not with me. Uh, but <laughs> barriers or fences, they hold us back, they keep us out, they block us from moving forward, and they cause us to not be able to see what's ahead, they, they, they hold us. And so, as believers, we can also experience barriers or fences or obstacles or hindrances that hold us back in our Christian life. They stop us from being able to see. They stop us from being able to move forward. They stop us from being able to uh, have faith. And they can make it hard for us to see with eyes of faith and hard for us to walk in faith as we go through this Christian life. And so, as we've been talking about the topic of faith, today I'm just going to bring up a couple of barriers or obstacles or, or hindrances, things that get in the way of us having faith, things that make it difficult for us to have faith, uh, in the hope that maybe we can overcome some of these uh, with the help of the Lord this morning. So the first barrier to our faith, the first obstacle or thing that gets in the way of our faith that I wanted to bring up today is worry. Worry is an obstacle or a barrier to our faith. Who has ever been up at 3 a.m. in the morning and you're just thinking and thinking about a problem and you can't sleep? I'm sure all of us at one point or another have had our sleep disturbed because we've been worried about something. But we worry about all kinds of things and most of the time the things we worry about, they never even happen, do they? You know, I've certainly had my fair share of things that I've been deeply concerned about only to find it didn't even happen. 
you know, and that's such a relief, of course, but we worry about all kinds of things. Worry is actually blinding, though. Worry blinds us. It blinds us from being able to see what God can do. Worry blinds us to seeing what he's done before. We forget about the the things that God has already done and can do. And it stops us from having faith. Worry is distracting and it causes us to lose focus even. And I know this firsthand because a few years ago one time I was really worried about something and I was thinking about it and I was walking out of a 7-Eleven at the time and I get in my car and I, and I you know, put the keys in the ignition and the keys weren't working for some reason. And, and I remember sitting there and sort of looking over and all of a sudden I see a toolbox on the front seat and I'm thinking... I don't have a toolbox. Why is there a toolbox in my car? And there was a split second where I was just like really confused. And then suddenly I look up and I see a man just staring right at me in front of the car. And it dawns on me that this is not my car. (laughs) I had gotten into somebody else's car because I was so distracted and I tried to drive away with it. Needless to say, he was not impressed, and he didn't really say anything, but I, you know, I jump out, profusely apologize. I think he thought, you know, I was about to steal his car. So, uh, I know firsthand how much worrying can distract us. Another time, I was getting gas, and I remember distinctly being very concerned about some things, and I was worried about them and thinking about them. And I pulled up, I started to put the gas in, I went inside to just grab a drink, came back out, jumped in the car, and began to drive away. Yeah, you know what's going to happen here. Well, all of a sudden, I see all these people running at me and waving. No! And I'm thinking, what are they doing that for? Split second of confusion, and then it dawns on me, and I look over, and in my side view mirror, I see a gas pump trailing behind me like a snake because I'd just taken off with the whole thing. You can ask Brian how much that one cost. 175, he remembers that. There you go. But worry distracts us and causes us to lose focus. But Jesus tells us not to worry. He says in Matthew 6.25, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And the word worry actually comes from two words. It means, uh, it comes from the words to divide and the mind. And so that's to say a person who is worried has a divided mind. It's also translated as take no thought. Because when we're thinking about things and a thought comes into our mind, a worried thought, we have a choice whether we're going to take it at that point or not. And what happens is we usually do take it and we think about it and we think about it and we imagine the worst possible scenarios and we worry about it and worry about it and it, and it turns into this, this great burden and this great worry. But Jesus says, take no thought, don't take those thoughts, don't worry. Worry isn't caused by what happens to us. Worry happens in our hearts. But peace also happens in our hearts. The second barrier to our faith is fear. Fear. Sometimes we have trouble walking in faith because we're afraid. And we can have fears for many reasons. Sometimes because of uh, things we've experienced in the past. Or sometimes just because of lies or things that aren't quite true that we've managed to believe. For example, if we fear bad news, then we'll tend to live in anxiety. If we fear rejection, then we'll struggle in our relationships. If we fear losing control, then we will really struggle to trust that God's in control and be able to leave it to Him. We'll try and make everything happen ourselves. 
And fear isn't restricted to age. Kids fear the dark. They fear being alone. Teenagers fear rejection. Young adults fear failure. Older adults fear death and life without meaning. And rather than living a victorious life through faith, we end up living a defeated life through fears. I used to fear disappointment. I'd been disappointed in life. And I used to be afraid that, to trust that God would bring something great to my life, that he would bring a spouse and children. And over the years, as he healed my thinking and showed me truth from his word, I started to believe that that could be possible. And I have an incredible spouse, and I have three beautiful girls. You know, I, I always really wanted one girl. That was just something I wanted. It wasn't that I didn't want more girls. I just thought, God, if I could just have a girl, that would be amazing. And I pictured this blonde little girl. And... When I fell pregnant, I remember thinking, okay, God, I, you know, I really hope it's a girl. If it's not, it's okay. And we have Abigail, and she's this beautiful blonde little girl, and she's just the joy of our lives. And so that was such an answer to prayer. And then I remember thinking, God, two girls. I fell sec- pregnant the second time. Two girls would just be, wow. And we had a second girl, Lily Rose, pure beauty her name means. Third time I fell pregnant, I thought, God, three girls would be, that's just too much. That, that would be like... <laughs> The ultimate, like what I would love, but I couldn't possibly expect that God would do that. And we heard the news, it was going to be a girl, Hananiah Sands. And so God has blessed me over and above what I thought possible because he's so good. And he heals us from our thinking and from the things that we believe and and the disappointments in our lives. And he blesses us. Is fear an obstacle to your faith today? Fear is something that we need God to deliver us from so that it doesn't continue to hinder us. The third barrier to our faith is our past. So how we were brought up, how we experienced our childhood, how we were treated by others, things that happened in our past can all have an effect on our faith. If we experience people hurting us, it can make it extremely difficult to trust that God loves us and won't leave us, won't, won't leave us. And what happens is that we often believe things that aren't true about who God is because of things that have happened in our past. We can get incorrect views of God based on our relationships with our parents because, you know, in our early childhood years, our view of who God is is actually deeply affected by our relationships with our mothers and fathers. And so if that's kind of damaged, then we can really struggle in our faith um, in our relationship with God. So it's important that we have correct knowledge about who God is We need to examine any lies that we believe so that we can have a healthy relationship with God. I used to have a hard time believing that God loved me. I felt like God was always angry with me. I felt like I was never doing a good enough job and that I was a failure, but those things weren't really true. And I had to match those thoughts and test them against God's word, which said the complete opposite, and learn how to believe what God's word said over what I felt and my past experiences told me. It's also important that we identify any unforgiveness from our past. A few years ago, I went to see a chiropractor because I was getting a lot of headaches and backaches and my neck was hurting. And when he sort of checked me out a little bit, he said, you know, have you been in a car accident maybe 13 to 15 years ago? And I remember thinking, gosh, that's really specific and I can't remember anything. And then it dawned on me, yeah, I had been in an accident a long time ago. I'd forgotten all about it. And he said that what had happened was, is because my body had experienced a, a trauma in that accident that it had begun to sort of grow in a bit of a distorted way. My spine had sort of begun to grow a little bit off, causing me to have pain all these years later, even though I didn't even know it or remember it. And unforgiveness is kind of the same thing. It happens the same way. We we experience a trauma or we experience hurt in life, 
And what happens is that we then start to hold on to that. If we don't deal with that properly and effectively, we can hold on to that and it can begin to distort our lives and we begin to see things a little bit differently than how we should and we end up experiencing greater pain later on if we don't deal with that properly. And so when we don't deal with unforgiveness, it can distort things, cause us to have more pain later on. When I first got a pair of glasses, by the way, I am supposed to wear glasses, so if you wave at me and I don't really respond, it's not because I don't like you, it's because I can't really see you. Um, I just, I got to do better at that, but first time I got a pair of glasses several years ago, I just remember looking out and seeing a brand new world, it felt like everything was so crystal clear and clean and I could see things accurately. And so when we forgive and when we deal with unforgiveness and we let that go and we let God heal us, we begin to see things differently because we're not seeing things through the lens of unforgiveness anymore. And that's the same with other issues from our past too. What lens are you looking through today? Is it the lens of unforgiveness? Because it can cause our faith to be cloudy. Or are there any other issues from your past that you might be looking through? The fourth thing is difficult times. Difficult times can be a barrier or an obstacle to our faith. Who's ever been through a tough time before? Pretty much all of us have at one time or another. And for some of us, tough times can cause us to strengthen our faith. But for others, tough times causes us to lose our faith or blame God for what's happening. But God takes us through hard things. We need to remember that during the the dark times in life, the times that are tough, that God can use those and does use those times to actually develop and strengthen our faith, even though we may not feel like he is. See, we have to go through hard things because if we didn't, then we'd never need God. We would think it was us. We would think that we could do it all. And that's just simply not true. God allows things into our life that are impossible for us so that we would get to know that things are possible with God. He allows you to walk through the valley so that you'll grow and develop and trust him more. And maybe right now, if you feel like you're walking in a bit of a dark time, maybe it's not because you messed up. Maybe it's not because God's punishing you. Maybe it's not because you've done something wrong. Maybe God's using this time. He doesn't cause bad things to happen to us, but he uses them to develop our faith, to strengthen our faith. Remember, our faith gets tested so that it can be strengthened. And so dark times... The purpose of those at times is to develop our faith and to strengthen us. We need to remember that God is at work during the nighttime. When the children of Israel were fleeing Egypt, before they escaped through the Red Sea, we read in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The real work of God for the children of Israel didn't happen when they woke up that morning to discover that they could cross the Red Sea, but it had happened all that night. See, there might be a great work occurring in your life when things seem their darkest. You might see no evidence of it yet, but just know that God is at work. God was just at much, just as much at work all that night as he was the next day when the children of Israel finally saw the evidence the next day simply revealed what God had done during the night. God is at work during the dark times of our lives. Has a tough time or a test of faith led to your faith being strengthened or have you lost a little bit of faith? 
So how do we break through these barriers, or how do we overcome them, these barriers or obstacles to our faith? Well, a few quick thoughts about that. Firstly, we need to identify what they are. So my first question to us is this. Are there any areas that we identified with out of just some of the few small ones that I've mentioned today? Or maybe there's other obstacles of faith that you can think of even now that are occurring in your own life. What's the issue or the situation or the problem that always turns into a hindrance between you and God, you believing that God is going to come through? First thing we need to do is be honest and be vulnerable and allow God to search and examine our hearts and reveal to us those areas where we might have things that are hindering us. The second thing is pray about them. Philippians in chapter 4 verse 5 to 7 says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is near. You are not alone. You might feel alone. You might think you're alone, but there is never a moment in your life where you are truly alone and without help. God is near. Don't assume he's watching you from a distance. Don't assume that uh, or believe the lie that he's left you. Don't indulge in that because what happens is that that sense of loneliness begins to be amplified and our problems become worse. Choose instead to believe that God is with you. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God loves the sound of your voice. He doesn't hide when you call. He loves to hear your prayers. And so we need to bring those obstacles, those barriers, those things that are issues in our lives to the Lord and watch what he does. The path to peace is paved with prayer. Fewer anxious thoughts and more prayer-filled thoughts. And as we pray, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. The third thing is know the truth. We need to know what God's word says about our lives and about our situation. And we need to challenge our thoughts, our problems, our barriers with the truth of God's word. One of the first tests that optometrists do when they examine your eyes is to challenge them with alternative lenses. And in the same way, we need to challenge what we believe, the issues in our life, with the alternative lens of God's word. We need to continually go back and be making sure that we're seeing God clearly and truthfully and correcting our vision with the truth of what his word says. See, we know that God's word is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any sword. And so as we read it, as we consume it, it starts to do something on the inside of us that we can't really explain because it's not just a book. It's the Bible. It is God's word. It is God's truth. And it will correct our vision. It will cause us to see him clearly and correctly. And it will help us to defeat obstacles and barriers and issues and things in our life that get in the way of our faith. Find a promise that fits your problem and build a prayer around it. Lay claim to every biblical promise you can find. Do you need help staying accountable in reading the word? The girls and I in our Ohana group, we've decided that we want to help each other stay accountable. We want to read the word because we want to grow in our faith. And so there's an app called First Five, and it's talking about spending the first five minutes of every day with God. I think it's mostly for women. It's kind of a women-ran thing, but uh, you know, you're welcome to look at it. But... Each day, you know, we're trying to read the word and stay accountable. And so we read a little bit each day and um, connect with each other and help each other to stay accountable. Maybe that's something you might need. Or maybe there's a friend that you can ask to help you. 
stay accountable in reading the word because we all need that help sometimes. The next thing is get wise counsel. We can ask a friend, a leader, or a pastor for prayer to help us with some of the things that we face. And if some of the issues are are sort of uh, too difficult to deal with, like, you know, issues from our past, then let's see a counsellor or a therapist or a psychologist. There's no shame in that. All of us need therapy at some point, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, so seeking wise counsel is a godly thing to do. And when we face barriers in our life, when we face things that are a hindrance between us and God, let's talk to somebody about it and get some other perspectives on it and see if we can work through that. I regularly meet with a mentor of mine, which is back in California now, so I call her on the phone and we text a lot. And I started to meet with her a few years ago, actually, and we would pray through different issues that came up in my life. And i got to tell you, God did some miraculous things in that time where I was meeting with her and we were praying together. God healed me of some ways of thinking and some, some barriers and some issues, and I saw incredible freedom. So I encourage you, find a friend, find wise counsel today to help you walk through the things of faith. The next thing, and this is the last thing, and if the band want to come back up, we need to expect and believe that God can help us and deliver us. God can help you. He's powerful enough to heal us of any doubts, any fears, any failings, any issues, any negative thoughts, anything that is a barrier in our lives today. And I know this not because I just read it through the Bible, but I know it because God has done it for me. He's so faithful. Church, God doesn't want us to struggle with these things. He doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to be continually worried about things. He wants us to see Him correctly so that we can have a healthy and strong relationship with Him. He wants you to have confidence that in what you ask Him, He'll do. And church, we believe in a God who held back the oceans, who caused walls to come crumbling down, who defeated giants, who closed up the mouths of lions, who fed the thousands, who healed the sick, who delivered the demon-possessed, who rose the dead to life again, who himself rose from the dead. So let me tell you, your barriers, your obstacles, those things in your life that maybe you feel like nobody understands, I don't think God can help me with this, I don't know how God can help me with this, I'm confused. God can do it. He can help you with it. He can forgive you a hundred more times, even if you've already asked him for forgiveness for that particular issue already a hundred times. There is no issue in life, no thing that sets us back, no barrier, no obstacle, nothing that he doesn't want to help you with, help you be set free from, help you find deliverance from. There's no issue, no thought, nothing in our lives that he doesn't want to help us work through. And he's here today. And I believe, even in this moment, that we can find breakthrough as we would just present to the Lord our hearts and allow him to examine our hearts this morning and bring to him anything that maybe is an obstacle or a barrier to our faith today. Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24 in the Passion Translation, it says this, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, a path that brings me back to you. So this morning, I'd just like to ask if we could all close our eyes just for a few minutes here. And just maybe in this next minute, if uh, you would open your heart to God and 
ask God to show you if there's anything in there that he's wanting to deal with today, anything that he's wanting to speak to you about. And give that to him this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are well able to help us with any problems that we're experiencing, any concerns, any fears, any anxieties, God, that in just a moment you can change everything. And I thank you, God, that you are the God of the miraculous and things that we think are just too hard, things that we've maybe given up on, Lord, they're not too hard for you. So Father, in these next few minutes, I pray that you would just reveal to us anything that is a struggle, that's a a hindrance, but bring freedom to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.